Want to know how to get into featured snippets? We have the steps to get there with Chris Long of Goldfish Digital today on The Edge. Go! Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests. Powered by your digital marketing pioneers, Site Strategics. This week's featured guest is Chris Long, VP of Marketing at Goldfish Digital. Now, here's your host, Aaron Sparks. Welcome back to The Edge. This is Edge of the Web Radio. I'm your host, Aaron Sparks. Every week, we bring you some amazing guests to chat about digital marketing tactics. We unpack a key marketing topic for our digital marketing audience. You, whether you're part of an agency, a freelancer, or part of a firm that has a marketing department in there, this show is for you. So check out all of our recent shows over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. Our title sponsor of this interview series is Site Strategics. We're pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. We have some course specialties of SEO, search engine marketing, social media, and focus on conversion rate optimization to help you improve your leads month over month. Results-based marketing that actually works. So if you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877-SEO4WEB or 877-736-4932. Coming up in the next few shows, we have Greg Finn, Brody Clark, and Arij Abuali. On top of that, check out what the recent shows were. Uh, we talked to Cyrus Shepard, Kevin Indig, and Mark Williams Cook. That was a pretty good show there. Uh, they all were, so go check those out. If you're interested in being part of the show, just drop us a line over at info at edgeofthewebradio.com. Check us out on YouTube as well. Set your reminders to get notified when we drop some of our shorts from our interview series. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about our recent shows or even this show in particular by going over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash edge today. Helps you uh, get over to a number of different platforms that you can give us a review. That helps us get in front of new listeners looking for our type of show. If you liked a particular guest, let us know over at ratethispodcast.com forward slash edge today. Make sure that you check out our weekly news podcast covering the most recent digital marketing news and Google updates. We're dropping it every Tuesday to help you navigate your week in digital marketing. Continued co-host on that show is the indomitable Morty Oberstein. Check us out and see what we have to clean up in post every time that we record Morty. It's, it's a grab bag. It really is. All right. So that's housekeeping for this week. Let's turn around and meet this week's industry expert guest. Let me introduce you to Chris Long. He's the VP of Marketing over at Go Fish Digital. With nine over nine years of experience, Chris works with unique problems and advanced search situations to help his clients improve organic traffic through a deep understanding of Google's algorithm and web technology. He's advised on search strategies for such clients as Geico, Adobe, uh, New York Times. He's also the contributor over at Moz, Search Engine Land, and Search Engine Journal. He's also been a speaker over at uh, conferences such as SMX and Brighton SEO. So like I said, he's been an author on Search Engine Land and Search Engine Journal, but he also, over on Moz, just recently had an article that I wanted to cover on both Search Engine Land and Moz. He's also quite solid on bringing information into LinkedIn, uh, which is where I caught wind of him and his postings. So uh, each post, if you go check him out, each post is very valuable. And I wanted to bring him on to connect about that and a couple of these posts in particular. So Chris, thanks for joining us here real quick. 
Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. Looking forward to You're it. You're more than welcome. More than welcome. I do want to tell our audience about uh, GoFish and, and, and uh, your agency. You're four times SEO Agency of the Year winners from U.S. Search Awards. Congratulations on that. That is a fantastic achievement. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a, one of the biggest accomplishments we've, you know, realized as an agency because it's, it's part of it's about the results we've been able to get for clients, the success and the innovation that we've been able to see. But also a big part of it is just the culture we feel like we've built here, right? Really emphasizing that people first culture. Mm. Um, putting employees first, their career progressions, that balancing work and life in an agency setting. I think the award, to me, one of the biggest uh, kind of honors is it feels like a reflection of that, not only the results we've been able to get, but also kind of that culture that we built for such a long time here at GoFish Digital. That's fantastic. And uh, speaking of how long GoFish has been around, you guys were founded in 2005. You've got a team over 70 people, if I counted the roster right. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. So for 70 people large and growing, variety of different vertical teams, and that's one of the most exciting parts is kind of seeing the all of the the change and innovation that's come along this way during my like nearly seven years here. But a lot of people across SEO, paid media, content marketing, mm -hmm. social media, design and development. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And I do want to make reference of a friend of the show, the late Bill Slosky actually was with Go Fish Digital for the longest time. And my God, be able to have Bill on staff at Go Fish. I got to ask, what was that like? I mean, we've interviewed him a couple of times and it was really tough catching up with him with where he was in his Google patents. It was literally like we were interviewing Gandalf there. How was that experience? Yeah, it was really incredible. Like to me, like I came on with maybe three to four years worth of experience, but almost from day one, right? I was jumping on calls with Bill who had had 20, 30 years of experience and just this really deep knowledge and and also fascination with seo which was that that was one of the most contagious parts of bill to me yeah was that it wasn't just a job for him it was really his passion right diving deep into these patents and figuring out not only you know where search has been but where search is going and i remember just being on the first few client calls i had with bill where the clients were just blown away by his insights his ability to one dissect the problems that they had but then also take his patents and his current research and then weave them in into generating future insights for them. I'm sure we're going to talk about yeah. um, a couple of different topics that Bill has kind of pioneered along the way, but his influence on my career and my knowledge really can't be overstated. He was always willing to help anytime a team member or I had an individual question. That That's also the other thing wow. that always struck me about Bill was it was never, no, I'll, I'll get back to you later. Mm -hmm. It was always, he was willing to help get on the phone, talk right now. And he was, he just loved and was passionate about the topic. That's so fantastic. it was a pleasure to work with Bill for six years. Well, I appreciate that sentiment. And I think that goes along with the sentiment of the entire SEO community. But to be able to be in proximity with him on a regular basis, that is a, that is a coveted position, true, <laughs> uh, yeah. from a lot of us in the industry. So kudos to that relationship. And uh, obviously, we mourn his passing. But wanted to actually capitalize on a lot of the concepts that he had been championing for the longest time. And every Everything seems to be coming to fruition of what he was studying literally back in 2004 and 2000. 
eight. So I wanted to swing back around to some of the postings that you had been rolling through here over the last few months, Chris. And one in particular was over on Search Engine Land that I wanted to unpack. So here's the deal here is that this first segment for our audience, I really wanted to get into like a tactical segment of a number of things that our audience can learn and apply very quickly to be able to see some results. And on top of that, the second segment, I really wanted to get into much more of a theoretical or search as a philosophy and be able to see a little bit further down the road, if you follow me. I want to drive home some sizable on-page wins for our listeners, and Chris's posts are jam-packed with immediate tactics to deploy. So in November, he had a whiteboard Friday on Moz, and in December, he had a great article over on Search Engine Land regarding featured snippets. So we're going to tackle that first and showcase some of the points in this article. So how do we get featured snippets? First and foremost, what in the world is a featured snippet? Now, most of our audience knows, but if you're a newcomer to digital marketing or a newcomer to Edge, you might want to have a little bit of preamble here. So just kind of fill in the gaps there, Chris. What's a featured snippet and how valuable is it to us? Sure. So the featured snippet at its essence is the result that Google will often scrape in to the search results. So if you search for... How do I clean my room? Google will scrape in oftentimes bulleted, numbered lists, or even paragraph results. And it's the text you can read without having to click. So it actually ranks above the first result and is oftentimes referred to as position zero. But in essence, what a featured snippet is, is a paragraph or a bulleted list that Google scrapes into the featured snippet. We can read that answer without ever having to click on the website itself. It's extremely valuable because with the featured snippet, you can optimize for that, but launch your content into basically the number one ranking position yep. without having to naturally rank in the number one position for that keyword because the feature snippet exists on a separate algorithm and has separate qualifications than the traditional organic results. Right. Very good. So as about the 10 blue links, they serve up answers, a good deal more utilitarian. And that's what Google has actually been doing is be able to present more of these pieces of real estate, including people also asked to be able to answer the questions really before you need to click deeper into the website. So have you seen the advantages of this feature snippet strategy? Have you weighed in on the zero click debate and seeing what the feature snippet strategies are, how, uh, how they're helping your clients? Yeah. So in general, we found that if you can secure the featured snippet is helpful because most times that result would have maybe been, let's say, position three, position mm -hmm. two. If you're able to secure that, generally the data is going to point to higher click-through mm -hmm. rates and more organic traffic. Now, the negative, the kind of the prisoner's dilemma that the existence of a featured snippet puts you in is, is if you're not that answer, well, that means either a competitor or a site competing for a similar query is that answer. Right. So if you see a featured snippet, it's still generally best practice to optimize for it. Even if that featured snippet is stealing clicks away from your site, mm -hmm. you'd rather be the one that Google citing that users are seeing because Google still scrapes in your domain name, right? Right. Um, so if you're Allstate, let's say, and you have a featured snippet, you're still going to see allstate.com appear in the snippet text. So it is a bit of a prisoner's dilemma that you're in. <laughs> but if you see that opportunity, our recommendation is to every time go for it. It's rarely, rarely not beneficial to be in the featured snippet as opposed to not be. 
So there, there has been the debate, and we've had the show, uh, numerous shows debating the zero-click dilemma. I like the prisoner's dilemma, actually. That's actually a good analogy. So the debate for our audience who hasn't caught up on the previous shows is basically if the feature snippet is actually answering the question, you don't need a click to actually get the question answered. So you're giving away or, you're, or Google's actually taking from you your answer, but it's a strategy to be able to present your brand as a agent of value in that particular niche industry. So this kind of anointing that we are seeing with uh, Google giving featured snippets and PAAs to brand, it's something different than just traffic. It's actually getting better and better quality traffic because they're seeing you answering these questions and they're ultimately trusting you, right? Right, exactly. And in some ways, right, it's the, you can get in, a bigger trust signal because by being scraped into the featured snippet, like you said, it's almost like as Google has anointed you to be the answer. So that can be a big trust signal from a user, right? Where Google is saying, hey, this answer is so good that I'm going to pick it above all the other mm -hmm. results and then directly serve it to users. So from that point, there is an increased sense of trust, right? Yeah. And regarding the zero click debate, you know, that's in my opinion, not going away anytime soon, right? There's no. going to, Google's going to continue to push more zero-click features, so brands are going to need to learn if they want to play in Google's ecosystem, how to adapt to those, right? Yeah, what, absolutely. How do you structure your content to get them? What structured data do you need? How do you play in Google's new ecosystem? Because they're essentially making all the rules. No, you're absolutely right. And that's the game is that it, it's no longer the trophy word. It's not the 10 blue links. It's how can you get your content visible in the mosaic of information that Google's now presenting on its SERP. So we'll, we'll leave that debate for another, another, it's not even a debate, honestly. This is where we are. So unfortunately, the tools, the ranking tools, can't give us a solid full picture of where we're ranking in these different cert features because the cert features are moving so bloody quickly that the tools can, just can't keep up, right? Yeah, I mean, it's tough for the tools to keep up. I think the tools, especially in recent years, have been doing a much better job mm -hmm. of, hey, Google makes this change. We're going to immediately have our engineering team figure out a way to track that feature. Yeah. Um, to us, the gold standard is uh, STAT. Um, they're currently owned by Moz, but it's their rank tracking tool. Mm -hmm. It is one of the best rank tracking tools out there. And that I'd say, if you're someone who's data hungry and looking to track every little feature of Google's SERPs, right? You want to track the featured snippets, you want to track the shopping results, you want to track where rich snippets are showing, mm -hmm. stat has all that information. So the tools, in my, to my estimation, while it's certainly an imperfect science, they've been doing a better job of getting that because they know that us as SEOs want data and they're making big pushes to push their engineering teams to be able to collect that data for us as SEO. So they've been doing a pretty good job in my estimation of that. We're proud to have Site Strategics as a sponsor of Edge of the Web. We're pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. Core specialties that we provide are technical SEO, including core web vitals optimization, search engine marketing, social media marketing and management, focus on conversion rate optimization, truly focused on results-based marketing that works. We've also developed a unique omni-channel media marketing and content curation process that's guided by our weekly R&D from our Edge of the Web interviews. We incorporate the best techniques for our content broadcast strategy and execution. If you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877-SEO4WEB or 877-736-4932.
I guess the last point on the real estate of the SERP is that the more and more you're actually getting trusted, I'm going to use that in quotes because there's the debate right there as the algorithm is actually understanding more and more of your authority. It's going to be placing you in these different areas. I think it's safe to say that as we see more saturation of a domain in those areas as a trend, you don't have to demarcate out every place that you are ranking on a PAA or featured snippet. But as long as you see that continued trend of visibility across those pieces of real estate, there's the success that we're looking for as you create these pieces of content. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's 100% how we would phrase it. And I think even to go a little deeper, you could think of it in terms of different types of real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, you want to have your broad real estate, where let's say you're tracking 2,000 different keywords and you're seeing broad directional movements in the right direction. That's great. It can also be good to segment your visibility down even further, mm -hmm. really thinking about your what are your core two to three different product offerings. And then a lot of these keyword ranking tools, Stat, Ahrefs, SEMrush, they'll have segmentation features that you can use. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, if you are in a certain space, let's say you're a real estate attorney, for example, and you want to see how your real estate keywords rank, we should be segmenting that data down as opposed to just looking at all of your keywords broadly. So it's also important, not just broad visibility changes, but this concept of segmentation and, hey, how is my visibility improving across different keyword segments that I might want to own? Because if you're that. a large e-commerce site, right, you might have thousands, yeah. you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of different segments that you want to rank for, but what are the ones that are core to your business mm -hmm. and is visibility increasing in those core segments? I think right. it's another interesting question that, you know, we can ask more as SEOs. Yeah, those are the challenges of the enterprise, especially the e-commerce side of thing. And then you can actually fuel and feed other areas that may very well be anemic. So let's talk about feature snippets. That was a really good preamble of what this is and, and why this is so important. Your article about feature snippets, you had nine ways to be able to dial in a featured snippet. First and foremost, you had some proven steps. We're assuming that the content that is in question is solid, it's factual, and valuable. Uh, we shouldn't even have to address that, but let's say we are because we certainly are not going to try. We're not even going to win a featured snippet if it's repeated content from someplace else. And we'll talk about the opportunity there. But Point is, is that we need to get into some of the logistics of optimizing for a feature snippet. First and foremost, adding a what is heading. Uh, you say, ideally, yeah, this heading as close to the top of the content as possible. So there's two things right there. What is an operant action term for intent for a consumer, right? They're actually want wanting to know this particular feature. It's not a comparison or a good deal more of a passive query. This is answering the question, that utility that we're talking about, and you're also moving it to the top. So are there any permutations of that what is, or is this the winning argument right here to actually lean into? Yeah, I think there can be permutations for sure. So, you know, if it's a plural, what are? Mm -hmm. um, the, the, what, the what is, though, I think the fundamental idea is that whatever term you're optimizing for, especially if it's a definitional term, and especially if it's a paragraph featured snippet where you're seeing two to three sentences appearing, ideally, you're directly defining what that subject is as early on in, this, in the page as possible. Um, one is... Google, the featured snippet is going to reward an answer that succinctly answers what that topic is in no more than two to three sentences. So if you can be the best to answer in that two to three sentences, yep. you're going to have a higher chance of getting rewarded. But if you have a 
3,000, 4,000 long word blog posts, it can be tough for Google to find where is the definition on this page, right? Mm -hmm. There's 4,000 different words here. Right. But if you can trigger Google to say, hey, if I tell you what is, let's say you're optimizing for you know, Shopify SEO, you say, what is Shopify SEO at the top of the article? Yep. And then below that, say Shopify SEO is then you're triggering to the search engines and to users, hey, this is where the definition starts, and this is where I should be looking for, for the featured snippet definition. And we continually see that even when, when we change on client sites, when we optimize for a featured snippet opportunity mm -hmm. and we add a what is heading, even if we don't get the featured snippet, we'll see the description that Google starts to pull in change. So the description might've been something to start later down in the content, let's say 2000 words down. Mm -hmm. Once we add that heading in and then add the definition there, even if they don't get the featured snippet, we'll see Google start to scrape that into the meta description, which shows us you're getting close, right? Oh, it's wow. an indication that Google is now starting to identify the content that we want to be pulled into the featured snippet. Yep. So using that trigger word, and just really, that's why a lot of more traditional marketers can be at ends with SEO, we, because we want to just define everything very simply and because the search engines tend to like that. And this is no different, right? So if you want to rank for a featured snippet, especially one that's a definitional featured snippet, mm -hmm. having what is query that you want to rank for yep. right at the top of the results can be a really powerful strategy to at least get Google looking in the right direction of what text you want pulled into that featured snippet. Now, these are anchor signals that you're sending to Google and Google's looking for that level of simplicity. But this also ties in as a sidebar, just quickly, this also ties into entity definition uh, and how entities actually relate to subject matter content is that we should all be authorities of subject matter that we're presenting to Google and to be able to start creating what is this, what is this, and actually own that content on the website, not assuming that the user actually understands that and finds us when they need us, but actually starting to create that, not a glossary, but the vocabulary of your industry on your own website that aligns with featured snippet techniques so clearly. Yes? For sure. Yeah. There's definitely a part of entities coming into what a featured snippet optimization is, right? Mm -hmm. Because one, it's just going to help just having stronger entity understanding is just going to improve your content ranking in general. So if you're writing about Microsoft Excel, you might even write about like Clippy or something like that, right? These other structured entities that are associated with that core topic. The reason this can help with featured snippets though, is because if you're defining a certain definition, well, users are going to expect that and Google, they're going to expect certain terms are used alongside that original definition, right? Yep. So if you're so once again, going back to the Shopify SEO, example, a common issue we'll see is duplicate content. So Google might expect that if we're talking about Shopify SEO, we might also be talking about duplicate content along the way, because mm. that's kind of a common aspect, a common entity associated with our core phrase that we're optimizing for. Got it. So surround that, surround the feature snippet goal set with supportive elements that are logically associated. Maximize your client's budgets using Wix. Use every dollar towards growth and revenue driving assets by relying on Wix's enterprise grade security and reliability. Work more efficiently using Wix's SEO automation and scalable SEO solutions to deliver sustainable results without vulnerabilities, downtime, and workflow inefficiencies for any website of any size. Fix less, grow more with Wix. Go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash Wix today to learn more. 
Um, so two to three sentences, make sure you have as the brevity is the key here is that you can also set these anchor signal points in the heading itself. But um, there's certainly different formats of featured snippets. Uh, there are three that you name the paragraphs that are most common. Then you've got bulleted and numbered list, and then tables that are the least common. Uh, I wanted to park on tables for a second because there are niche uh, industries where uh, tables and data are incredibly valuable. How have you seen the predominance of table, true table HTMLs formatting, influencing those featured snippets more than a CSF div and uh, layout? Yeah, that's a good question. So we we saw a lot of tables, especially we were working with an individual franchise client at one point, and we were optimizing for um, different keywords associated with like franchise costs. So mm -hmm. if, if you were going to invest in a specific franchise opportunity, you might look for you know, McDonald's franchise costs. But Google tended to be pulling in for those types of keywords were tables from individual competitors. So there's different cost, startup costs basically for investing in a different franchise. Mm -hmm. um, Google was actually pulling from those tables because it was identifying, hey, this is a little bit more complex, right? It's not just one cost that you're going to consider if you're going to invest in a McDonald's franchise. You're probably looking at fees you pay to the franchise, what are your initial startup costs? So that's best served as a table format. The trend we saw was basically it's just marked up in the HTML and, and a lot of featured snippet optimizations come down to that, right? Mm -hmm. So we found that competitors that were marking it up, just using the simple table HTML structure, right. were more likely to get rewarded when Google was showing the table featured snippets. Same thing can be said with the list featured snippets or the bulleted featured snippets. Yep. Um, you wanna actually make note of whether Google's showing an ordered list versus an unordered list, and then match your HTML up to match exactly that. Hmm. The more you can just mirror what Google's already pulling in, the better chances you're going to have because Google's already giving you the intent, right? If it's pointing a table, then you need to say, hey, we can't just make it look like a table in the HTML. It actually needs to have that table formatting. Google's going to use that as a signal to say, hey, we're looking to pull a table. This mm -hmm. is more complex. Now that we see that table formatting, similar to the what is heading, that's a signal that we know yep. now where to look in the content. And now we can feel more confident pulling that and being the anointed Google answer. The question there, kind of the sub point of this question is, isn't HTML table layouts actually more antiquated? And shouldn't we, I mean, we're also dealing with the responsive nature of a table. You've got to make sure that this thing is working and rendering well in a mobile experience. But wouldn't we expect Google to be able to make that jump and actually see div layout tables? Or are we in the space that data is kind of regulated to this logic framework and Google's appreciating that and will continue to do so? So uh, what's your thoughts on that? So Google's going to, and the featured snippet is going to take certain liberties. They definitely do not require you to have a certain HTML format mm -hmm. in order to pull the featured snippet, right? So a good example we've seen is that we've seen list featured snippets get pulled in, even though that content isn't formatted as a list even to begin with. Google is basically saying, hey, these are the individual headings. It's oftentimes H2 tags in that example. Mm -hmm. So Google will actually go in and find all the different H2 tags, let's say there's 10, and then pull those in as an ordered list as the featured snippet formatting them. So if you don't have a table or the table doesn't work from a design perspective or it just it's not great for the users, right? It doesn't mean there's no chance of getting a featured snippet. Google can still take certain liberties there, can still rework yep. the content that you have to better fit the result. That being said, we find it oftentimes helps to, to match as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, yeah. So Lean into snippet, it, yeah. 
If your feature zip is your end goal, then you might want to consider using that, despite it maybe being maybe a more <laughs> antiquated way of, of formatting things. The phrase I always use is the less work you can make Googlebot do, the better. Um, and I think that's a rule I've premised a lot of the architectural recommendations that I've given over the years, that the less work you make Google do, the less processing it has to do the more likely you're going to be able to succeed, especially in your architectural recommendations. I love it. I love it. So um, uh, speeding past some of these additional points here, uh, don't use your brand name in the featured snippet at all. Answer the question yeah. and don't muddy the waters with anything that could uh, not be a clear answer to the question. Don't use first-person language either. So define it, have clarity, don't brand it, and... You also can be able to scale this if possible, having that kind of uh, iterative process, right? Correct. Yeah. And the scaling part comes back down to, once again, your CMS. Um, so we've done work with clients where, kind of similar to what I talked about, so they had listing pages. They were set up very much like an e-commerce site where they had listings of, let's say, you know, 40 different products that you could buy on that individual page. So it wasn't formatted as a list. It was actually formatted basically like a standard category page you would see on an e-commerce site. Mm -hmm. But what we found with that client was that Google, once again, was basically rewriting product page formats and then putting that in featured snippets. Their competitors were formatting their product listing pages as headings for the individual product names, but they weren't. So we recommended they go in and make that change right at the template level and saying, hey, on your product listing pages, let's change all your product names from, you know, standard, you know, paragraph tags to HTML. And that way we can make a change at the template level that's going to more match what Google is going to expect to feed into mm. the featured snippets. So looking for those opportunities, right? If you're seeing that a competitor is doing something from a template level, something they have coded in their HTML that makes it more likely they're going to get featured snippets, right. you should be doing that. In fact, a, another good case study is HubSpot. I actually think like if you go onto any individual HubSpot article, like in, you know, what is email marketing or something, if you go in the code, it actually says something like FS or like featured snippets like section or something along those lines. Um, they yeah. actually have like their code set up and architecturally in a certain way in the template um, where it's very clear they're using that to feed into the feature. That's snippet. awesome. Um, so yeah, any 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 ways you can take where you say, hey, I can scale this. Yep. I love scale. So that's the, I'm always looking for like those types of recommendations. Any type of can... systemic deployment that you can do there that is clean, that doesn't look at all spammy or manipulated is that if it makes sense to actually have that feature snippet, be able to have those template parts to be able to quickly leverage it. Same thing goes if you're in a news organization. If there's a way to be able to have that as a standard reference point, whether or not the publisher wants to be able to do it at that particular page level, having that opportunity in the CMS is incredibly valuable. We're happy to have SE Ranking as a continued sponsor of our interview series podcast. One of the most important things for an SEO to focus on is the technical side of SEO. The website audit from SE Ranking provides expert level audits and reports that are clear and concise, even for beginners. Any website can be checked against 130 SEO parameters, including core web vitals, crawling up to a thousand pages in just two minutes. The findings and included how to fix guides can be immediately turned into action items for your team or your clients. And a unique feature found only in SE Ranking is the Page Changes Monitor. This tracks any changes made to important elements of the web pages you or your competitors are optimizing. 
The website audit is just one of many tools and features worth exploring on SE Ranking. Get your 14-day free trial to try out the most user-friendly SEO platform available and used by over 600,000 people around the world. Visit edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE Ranking today to sign up. Um, lastly, on the, on the list here is prioritizing the opportunity. You, said, there, you cited an HREF study regarding the fact that results that rank in the first position had a 30% chance to receive a featured snippet. Positions two had a 23.5% chance, as well as position three, a 15.9% chance. So it is directly related to the organic value that Google's putting on you. It's almost that threshold moment, right? We do see some an anomaly anomalytic behavior. There's the, there's the word for the day. Whenever you see something coming out of left field, but it is usually a niche type of query. But if you capitalize on these are questions that are being answered and we're in striking distance with these top three, top 10 type of references, why not actually go after that and be able to try to, to move that up to the uh, featured snippet? Those are what you're saying is we already are getting signals that we have those opportunities, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, right. So prioritization can come in several different forms. Prioritization can be just where do we rank, right? Like you mentioned, the rule of thumb, the better you rank, the easier it is to get the feature snippet. In general, the rule of thumb is you'll probably need to be on the first page to even be within striking distance for the featured snippet. Mm -hmm. Realistically, we like, you know, position six or above for a good shot at claiming the feature snippet. So that's one criteria you can use to prioritize. Hey, do we rank on the first page? And are we position six? Perfect. Another or above. Another way to look at prioritization, though, that, that I don't think I wrote there, but have come to respect even more, is, is business value of the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so you might be a large site with a ton of different featured snippet opportunities, but how do you prioritize? Well, start right with your landing pages, right? If you're seeing that you offer business insurance and business insurance is showing a featured snippet, that's probably going to be more valuable than maybe a blog post or something like that. More top of the funnel content. Yeah. More top of the funnel content where you tend to see user snippets, but the more you can drill down to, hey, this page converts for me. This page is tied to more bottom of the funnels, traditional type of landing pages and is showing a featured snippet. To me, that moves it way up the priority list. So figuring out the business value of your featured snippet optimizations is also how you can help prioritize. Very good. In fact, I'm actually going to stop here. I think this is a segment on its own merit of just focusing on feature snippets as a tactical toolbox for our listeners. Let's wrap up here because I have another set of questions on another advanced SEO uh, a series of tactics here, as well as looking at what's happening in the eat space. So uh, if you're game, I think we're going to go uh, three, three shows on this one because I wanted to dig into the feature snippet side so deep that uh, I want to kick it over to another one. So you good for another round here? Here. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. So make sure you listen into the second part of uh, the Chris Long interview by visiting edgeofthewebradio.com. Follow Chris on Twitter at GoFishChris and follow us on Twitter at EdgeWebRadio. Thanks to our sponsors. Make sure that you go visit them and uh, let them know that you heard about them on the Edge because that's why they're here, to be able to help you do your job better. Uh, and if you think about it, why don't you give us a quick review of this show in particular. Go over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash Edge today to be able to let us know how we're doing because that's how we float to the top, giving us some good well, hopefully, five-star reviews, but uh, let us know how we're doing in one way, shape, or form, because that actually fuels the algorithm and gets us in front of people that haven't heard us yet. So, with all that aside, 
Be safe, be well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.